Welcome to a new episode of My Dear Kitchen Helsinki podcast. My guest today is Bettina Lindfors, a project manager for the new Nordic Food program. Bettina and I talked about the new Nordic Food Manifesto published in 2004 with signatories from all the Nordic countries and how it contributes to the sustainability transition of the food system. We also discussed the food system globally and in Finland. Bettina has a question for you in the end that will make you think about your role in tackling the food system issues. Hope you enjoy our discussion. As always, special thanks to my dear friend Ufuk Evgeman for the sound editing. Hi Bettina, and thanks for doing this interview. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the, the new Nordic Food Manifesto and program, but also its relations to sustainability. Um, but also if we have time uh, afterwards uh, or following this, I want to also talk a little bit about the um, you know food system issues in general and in Finland. So um, to start with, can you please introduce yourself briefly? Thank you for having me. So my name is Bettina Lindfors, based in Helsinki here in Finland, and I work as a project manager in New Nordic Food Program that is run by Nordic Council of Ministers together with a large network. Mm -hmm. And my work is all about communicating, networking, educating, engaging and creating dialogues, partnerships and actions for promotion of sustainable healthy food systems in the Nordic as well in Finland. And in my work, I'm working together with the public, private sector, civil society, media, research and education. So it's quite interesting and innovative approach. Okay, very exciting. Um, now, before we go into the uh, our main topic, uh, I want to go like in parenthesis, I want to talk a, a little bit about something else. Uh, about a couple of weeks ago, we had this COP26. Uh, conference in Glasgow, um, and I know that you you followed it. You were involved with it somehow, and I, I saw that you had some you did some presentations uh, here. Um, so I'm just curious, what is your overall thoughts about the conference of this year, and in general, but also specifically concerning how uh, it will affect the food system discussions from now on? Thank you for the questions. Uh, foremost. Um, On general, the Nordic countries are now on a mission for becoming the most sustainable integrated region in the world. And uh, the food and food system is considered as the key to sustainability. Mm-hmm. And at the COP26, um, you can say it was the most crucial climate conference this decade. Yeah. And the Nordics were represented in negotiation as well as Nordic Pavilion in Glasgow, as well as local hubs for Helsinki and mm-hmm. Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, engaged in these uh, local hubs here in Nordics as well. So I followed it very intensely throughout the weeks. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, you can say that um, during the COP26, the food system was highlighted in different contexts and discussions and events. And the Nordic uh, made a great impact when it comes to highlight. Mm-hmm. what's uh, cooking uh, in the sustainable food systems and also showing how we can lead this uh, development and also towards more sustainable and just transformation of food system as well. 
And uh, you can say that the Nordic countries are on the right track in concern of promotion of sustainability. And we have also the opportunity now to showcase, benchmark, inspire our sustainable food policies experience towards the global mm. and towards different, different other parts of the world. So our mindset is now about uh, from soil to soil, so to speak. Mm. And our solutions menu covers both nutrition, food culture, identity, public food and meals, food waste and sustainable diets. Mm. So I just want to say that let's be brave and keep up on exporting, inspiring our Nordic solutions and knowledge throughout. Mm. And the COP26 was a great opportunity for us to yeah. network and make an impact as well. Mm. And... Yeah, and just one one more question. Uh, when it comes to sustainability and promotion of sustainable society, it's also about um, the consumption uh, uh, and also to change the consumption patterns that we have. So during COP26, the Nordic Council of Ministers also launched a program when it uh, called the, uh, the Sustainable Lifestyle Program. Mm -hmm to just to also to engage the civil society in this uh, transformation towards mm. more sustainable societies. Mm -hmm. So it's also about making every one of our decisions count in everyday life as well. Yeah, that is it's very important. Uh, and the, one of the one of my uh, biggest aims for doing this podcast also actually is of course, I want to map what is uh, going on uh, or who is, uh, you know, working on what when it comes to food in Finland or in relation to Finland, but also hopefully uh, increase some awareness in the uh, in the society in general about these issues. Um, and, you know, because I'm known as a blogger who publishes recipes and stuff, so I already have a, some, a good amount of followers, so... If I can, you know, make a connection between these people and the people who are working with food, I'll be really happy. And so far, I had quite interesting, uh, you know, uh, comments uh, from people. So it's, it's been good. But this is a very important uh, part of the whole sustainability, shall we say, fight. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but okay, let's come to the to our main topic. So. First of all, what is the new Nordic Food Manifesto and what is this new Nordic Food Program? Uh, the new Nordic, the Nordic Kitchen Manifesto was conceived and formulated in 2004 mm -hmm. uh, and summarized in 10 points on purity, season, ethics, health, sustainability and quality. And it has led us to a new level of consciousness by placing meals in front and in the center. And support for bottom-up processes and innovation in the food service sector have been a priority for Nordic cooperation ever since. Mm -hmm. And new Nordic food program was also part of this launch. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, also national strategies have subsequently been drawn up using food as a tool, not only for attracting tourism and supporting artisans and food producers and entrepreneurs, but also improving hospitality, national branding, sustainable growth, and also to consolidate new holistic principles for new Nordic food identity based on sustainability and good health. Mm -hmm. So the Nordic countries have seemed to turn a corner and began changing food habits as well as part of this movement. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to, to the benefit of public health, the environment and local economies. And you can also, as I, we discussed earlier on, the Nordic policy solutions have then been influential in the emerge of a new Nordic food culture as well. Mm-hmm. So it was all, uh, all about uh, laying the basis mm-hmm. for our, our value basis, so to speak, is uh, collected in the New Nordic Food Manifesto. Can we open this uh, sustainability part a little bit in the manifesto? I mean, um, it's based on sustainability ideals, but how does it promote sustainability and how, uh, how does it contribute to sustainability transition of the food system? A bit maybe uh, because some of our listeners might be also a little bit lost with the word sustainability uh, as it's being used everywhere. So maybe also to, to open up some new ways of thinking for them as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's all about uh, the respect of local products and producers, for example, and seasons, and also the purity when it comes to our food production systems, also taking into account what we have in the sea and what we have on land and in the forests and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to see how we can work together mm-hmm. to, to make the, our food culture more sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's in the core of this one as well. And um, it's also about the taste uh, when it comes to sustainability, because you have to make a good taste and healthy food. Mm-hmm. You can make an impact as well. Yeah. So you can combine the demand on good taste with modern technology and knowledge of health and well-being, for example. Mm-hmm. And you can also, it's also about promotion of welfare and biodiversity, for example, of, and the well-being of both humans and nature and animals and so on, mm-hmm. from soil to soil, mm-hmm. to speak. And also to combine the best Nordic cookery and culinary tradition with impulses from abroad. Mm-hmm. So it's also about how we can change and be part of the transitions mm-hmm. when it comes to because food culture is something that we revitalize in our everyday life yeah. and throughout our choices and what we put on our plates and what we eat and mm-hmm. how we educate our children and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's also about combining local self-sufficiency with regional sharing of high-quality products, for example, and then to join forces together with different stakeholders, so, so to speak, for example, throughout the food system. Mm-hmm. We are not just talking about the food change, but we are talking about the food system, including also the hospitality sector and tourism and export and so on and education systems. It's mm-hmm. it's all about how we can come together to make more yeah. sustainable decisions. So maybe so a little bit yes holistic view of the whole. System. It's it's a more holistic yes it is and you can say that the Nordic Kitchen Manifesto has seen uh, as a common value base for our Nordic food culture and identity, mm-hmm. and today it's it's a new normal. It 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 has been a movement. It's still a movement uh, to just to to have impact on fine dining throughout the public meals and public procurement, for example, or food waste or nutrition recommendations and dietary guidelines that we have in the Nordic countries. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it has also slowly become a part of our educational system, teaching the next generation about food, agriculture, cooking, and sustainable well-being that benefits us all. And throughout the growing awareness and actions, a new form of leadership, it revitalizes our Nordic food culture and identity every day, as, as I told you earlier. And also, when we have when we are moving ahead, we also need a constructive dialogue and network if we drive us for change in building an equitable and just food system transformation. And this is something that we are now working on within the New York Food Program as well, mm -hmm. uh, in how we can create a new constructive dialogue when promoting a sustainable and healthy food system in the Nordics. Yeah. And here we want to be inspired and to network and listen to and learn from the younger generation of professionals, mm -hmm. uh, such as chefs and food producers and other key actors within the whole value chain of food. Mm -hmm. So this is an ongoing process for now to revitalize the Kitchen Manifesto, to be a part of the current context mm -hmm. of sustainable development and also the drivers, be the drivers for yeah. change. On a global scale as well. So uh, this manifesto was uh, into, uh, published in, in 2004. Um, and of course, uh, putting it into action in different forms, you yeah. probably had a lot of challenges. Uh, maybe you still have a lot of challenges. What are these challenges? And how much do you think so far... I mean, uh, we're talking about what, what, 17 years, it's quite long. How much uh, or and what do you think it has achieved so far since its publication? In general, in, in Nordics, you can just answer this. In yeah. Nordics. It, it's, um, it's a common collaboration and, and, and statement and act uh, from the Nordic governments throughout. And it has been supported by national strategies when it comes to uh, sustainable food system, for example, in the Nordic countries. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of happening all the time, uh, both on a Nordic, re Nordic level and as well at national, regional and local level. Mm -hmm. And it has been a broad range of different kind of development projects, initiatives, uh, events, collaborations, uh, research uh, and so on. Um, so it has been a very holistic approach to this uh, Nordic food culture as well and, and brought it forwards as, as a very central part of uh, our uh, society as well. And now we are, Nordics are on a mission to change our food systems and this has been uh, on the political agenda since the early 2004-2005, for example. Mm -hmm. And being supported by different uh, financial uh, institutes, for example. And now we are in the stage of uh, throughout different actions and by engaging different kind of focus groups uh, in the society, both here in the Nordic region, but as well abroad internationally mm -hmm. uh, in promotion of Nordic food culture and our value base. So it has been all about sharing Nordic solutions, innovations and best practices mm -hmm. throughout the thing. And the challenge is more about to also to raise awareness and interest in when it comes to the Nordic collaboration. What's in it for me? What is the added value uh, when it comes to Nordic uh, collaborations and networking as well? And it's all about also uh, food is uh, universal language and it's all about also uh, cross-sectoral 
collaborations. Uh, we have, uh, for example, different action when it comes to food and creative industries or food and bioeconomy or uh, food and children and youngsters, for example, food education mm -hmm. and also food diplomacy, for example. So it's been a very broad range mm -hmm. of different kind of uh, institutes that have then been engaged and uh, made it possible for a very broad um, group of people and actors to mm. be part of this new Nordic food movement along the way. This, and, uh, yeah. Diplomacy sounds very interesting. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> so, well, how would you describe that? Food diplomacy. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the storytelling when it comes, comes to uh, how do we promote, for example, our Nordic countries when it comes uh, throughout food and food systems. Mm -hmm. It's all about how we can support, for example, the tourism industry as hospitality and export initiatives that we are making. So it's more about building the brand mm -hmm. of okay. each country or the Nordic region. And yeah. also to support uh, bilateral and also different kind of collaborations um, when it comes to different countries between different countries and an orid region and the rest of the world as well so for example when you have an event we had um, uh, for example now finland is the has the presidency in nordic council of ministers mm -hmm. so we also want to sh uh, when we have an event and an event for example uh, doesn't matter what kind of theme we have at the event or a political agenda we also tell the story throughout the catering, for example, or what kind of choices we made on what we have, we want to bring to the table, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we are enabling different things. It's, yeah. it's good that you, you here uh, talked a little bit about Finland, because I want to continue with a question about Finland. Uh, how has this uh, manifesto changed the, the everyday food scene in Finland, um, do you think? Specifically, yeah, we ha we had a very ongoing change uh, during the in the time when the kitchen manifesto was formulated and and written as well in two thousand four. Uh, we had a very it was a time of change for also for our uh, food and restaurant business uh, throughout the Nordic countries and also raising the awareness of how a great gastronomic region we are and what kind of interesting innovative kitchens we also have a knowledge when it comes to uh, cooking and agriculture and so on mm -hmm. so it has changed the value for nordic population it also has put in the nordic kitchen and food culture uh, on the culinary map uh, or both here in finland but also in in nordic region and globally and it has it's now seen as a very interesting gastronomic region uh, throughout the world. Mm -hmm. uh, new restaurants have popped up. We have a new culture and leadership when it comes into the kitchens, and also seeing food as a strategic part of Finland's brand, for example, and also uh, uh, made it possible for cross-sectoral uh, collaborations mm -hmm. uh, uh, in on in different levels as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, it has um, had a, a lot of great impact. And also, when it comes to the tradition uh, of uh, 
how to tell a story about the Finnish food culture mm. uh, in the context of a Nordic food culture as well. What are our positive qualities, for example, mm-hmm. and so on. So, mm-hmm. and, and we have also a long tradition when it comes uh, in within food and nutrition, for example, I would also like to, to put it, uh, to take one point here that we have also Nordic nutrition recommendations that lays the basis for our nutrition and also our public needs, for example, in the Nordic countries. And this is also showing some effects also on um, uh, more sustainable diets and also when it comes to what we serve in our restaurants and the canteens and so on. Yeah. Yeah, I've been living in Finland for, um, I'm counting winters, so this is my 11th winter. Uh, Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And even in the decades that I've lived here and I didn't mm-hmm. come here knowing a lot about uh, the Finnish the food scene in Finland or Finnish foods you know Finnish cuisine or anything and I'm uh, I myself seen a lot of of course I can only talk about Helsinki but a lot of exciting things happening in Helsinki um, so yeah I, I could myself see a lot of things um, but oh, I'm a little bit um, curious about now we talked about food itself the producers how uh, the manifesto is talking about these uh, locality animal rights and so on um how do you th- but what do you think is the overall social impact of the 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 manifesto um I mean, you could say in everyday life or or in in society in general, because food is a big part of the social life, of course, and, and society. And uh, how do you see the manifesto's effect on this? Uh, thanks to the Nordic Food Manifesto and that it was put on the political agenda. Uh, and it has been there ever since. Uh, we have also very innovative food policy solutions here in Nordic countries, for example. And they are covering like uh, both food culture, identity, public food, meals, food waste, and sustainable diets, for example, and nutrition as well, as we've told. So I see that also the success of Nordic food policy solution is partly due to the values that underpin the interactions between people here, institutions and business in the region, But also that we have very good welfare service, high standard of living, strong civil civil societies, and also flat organization structure that foster trust in individual responsibility and corporations when it comes to society in general. And when done right, the food policy and also the actions for more sustainable food systems can offer an integrated way of tackling global challenges, such as now climate change, for example, inequality in society, and also rapid urbanization, and can create health solutions that are cross-cutting. So I see that we have... um, We have uh, raised awareness and also put the meals in front and in center in general in society. Mm. And it's also about uh, helping people to make a more sustainable choice when it comes mm. to food mm. yeah. in everyday life as well. Mm. In no. different contexts this is. 
Yeah. And it's also, it, it has also, this is also shown uh, the Nordic food culture and, and the value base. It's also about now you can see a new form of leadership when it comes to, to hospitality, for example, and, and the restaurants and how they are be, being led by the new, younger generation of chefs and yeah. waiters as well. And also more collaboration throughout the value chain mm-hmm. as well. Right. And we have also very powerful tool when it comes to uh, to change uh, eating habits and so on throughout the public food mm-hmm. uh, public meals for example when yeah. it comes to school meals programs and there we, in, behind them we have the nutrition recommendations and mm. and so on and also very good collaboration between the different stakeholders mm. within the food systems yeah now um, there is um I don't know if you're going to uh, agree with me on this, but uh, there is a growing interest in different, let, let's say, non-Nordic, uh, so-called, I don't know if it's still called like that, but uh, the last I checked, it was called ethnic food restu- foods and ethnic restaurants. There's a growing interest in this, at least so far in Finland, in Helsinki, as far as I know. Um, now, this question is two, has two parts. So first, the first part, do you think there can uh, be any communication or, 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 or co- collaboration between these trends, like non-Nordic ethnic food trends, and this manifesto? Absolutely, because we are living in, an, in a global society, so to speak, and we have a lot of influences uh, from out uh, different parts of the world as well. And this is something that revitalizes our food culture and also the Nordic food culture all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a, more about uh, how to preserve some traditions and cooking, uh, uh, for example, and also to make use of the local producers. It's more about to be used, the Nordic Kitchen Manifest as a value base mm-hmm. in communicating and educating and also to integrate the food culture and identity, the storytelling and sharing knowledge and experience and to make use of local ingredients, seas and so on. So it, here we need some collaboration and mentorship between Finnish chefs and waiters and other stakeholders in the food systems together with the new entrepreneurs yeah. in the food sector and restaurant business as well. Mm-hmm. And this is also happening all the time, mm-hmm. uh, both in in different parts of Finland and uh, foremost in the big cities, but also in the urban areas and rural areas in Finland as well. Yeah. I see it's more than in, it uh, enriches our food culture. Yeah. And, and also, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, uh, we're open to different influences as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here you also have to be, okay, what is the Finnish food culture and how can I make use of the local producers and ingredients and then to make the twist with the ethnic kitchen and cultural heritage that there will be. Yeah. So it's more about this. Yeah, and, and there is, of course, I mean, um, I, well, I was talking about non-Nordic uh, ethnic food, but then there is also within Finland, of course, there is there are different, you know, there's a variety of uh, different kinds of food, including the indigenous community of Finland, Sami uh, cuisine. Um, mm, I don't know. I, I'm not 100% knowledgeable on the 
how different semi-cuisine, semi-food is. I'm hoping to get someone to the podcast to discuss that one day. But there's also, of course, there is the indigenous food sovereignty when it comes to semi-community and so on. So, of course, there is also this to consider, which is not non-Nordic, which is very Nordic. Abs- absolutely. And, and you can also see that the Finnish, uh, the food culture in Finland is, is also a melting box between, between the East and West kitchen, yes. so to speak. We have the influences and also both from the North, the Sami cuisine and so on, also from the South. So we are, we are a melting box when it comes to food culture and, and also very different uh, traditions uh, in different regions of Finland as well and, and so on. Yeah. And it's also about, uh, and then we have some, uh, some similarities that forms them the basis for our food culture. And it's yeah. also about uh, teaching and also to respect the, the traditions, but also to take uh, into account new influences mm-hmm. yeah. throughout. Yeah, and um, when I uh, delved deeper into Finnish cuisine just to learn more and to, to do a bit more research, actually, I realized how not homogeneous Finland is. Uh, op- right. uh, because mostly it's considered a lot, a lot more homogeneous society, uh, but it's actually yeah. not. There are so many differences, and if you just look just look at the food itself, it it already starts showing itself, of course, with other things. But food is all at the at the center of so many things. Uh, Absolutely, and also the production systems are very. It's it, you have a different kind of production in different parts of Finland, and then you have the lakes, and you have the sea, and you have the forest, and you have the landscape, and so on. So it it depends where you are in Finland that you had a different kind of uh, food and local ingredients and cooking and so on that are still alive and 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 vital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also to take into account. Um. I said when I first started with this question that there is a second part of it. And the second part of the question is about this time, not um, non-Nordic ethnic food makers, but also the immigrants who are consuming, uh, of course, buying ingredients. And Mm. and in some, you know, a lot of them are... uh, choosing to buy their ingredients from ethnic markets, so ethnic grocery stores, so-called, for several reasons, like holding on to their cultural roots, maybe economic reasons, logistics, maybe they're, you know, living closer to these um, uh, grocery stores. Uh, But how does um, not these consumers who are specifically focusing on mostly these ethnic uh, stores, how does... Um, how can the the manifesto, new Nordic food manifesto, attract these people's interest? Um, how do you see the bridge happening? It's all about connecting people and integrating them into our society as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, children, youngster, they are they are have a great possibility to get in touch and with the taste of the Finnish food and food culture with, throughout the schools, for example. Mm-hmm or in hospitals, or for example, in public meals, for example, or in uh, lunch canteens, and so on. So there are like very natural uh, spaces and opportunities to get into touch. And because you have to have the taste of it, but you have to have also, it's about educating and communicating Mm -hmm. uh, what the Finnish uh, food culture is all about and what kind of ingredients, how to use them and so on. And here I see also that we have a very, 
good uh, civil society organizations, different kind of organizations uh, when it comes to uh, raising the awareness of how to make use of local ingredients, for example, Marta Lito and so on. They are like have cooking courses for uh, immigrants and so, and this uh, throughout food is also very powerful cooking and, and uh, throughout the food, you also come together and also to be an uh, integrated part of the society, Finnish society as well. Mm-hmm. So this is also used by the social institutions in the municipalities as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I think there is, there's a good, good opportunity, but you also have to then uh, take into account that they also want to preserve, preserve their own food culture. Yes. And so this is where you have to respect mm-hmm. this as well. Yeah. So, and how and then to mix. Balance, it's about to sharing knowledge and experiences and to educate and communicate and, and to make a dialogue mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. One between the groups. And also about the language. It's also about the, uh, learning the language as well mm-hmm. to, to get into a culture. And for the young people and children, it's happening more naturally in in some cases. Yeah, I wish I, I came yeah. here when I was five <laughs> instead of... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but um, one thing, for example, I go... I, I, I Most of the time, I buy my ingredients from normal like S-market, co-market, yeah. or sometimes this um, uh, farmer's market if I can. Um, but every now and then I also go to mostly Itake schools to this Turkish um, or Middle Eastern uh, yeah. markets. And I see, for example, well, all of them have a, a more or less a large uh, part of um, fresh produce. Mm-hmm. And they are not always the fresh produce that are impossible to find uh, in Finland. Some of them are mm-hmm. perfectly uh, easy to, you know, some of them grow in Finland. Um, so I'm just always curious, like, uh, could somehow these grocery stores, fresh produce section, for example, be part of uh, organic food producers, for example? Absolutely. Uh, um, which then can be, um, of course, there are, I'm sure, diff- many different things to discuss <laughs> if, if we would think of, want to do such a thing, but... Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, because these people are already going to these stores um, and seeing all these produce. So, you know, it could it would be also uh, good for the, I don't know, uh, of course, local producers. Um, yeah. So. That's true. And there are different kind of initiatives throughout Finland as well to just do this kind of collaboration as well. Mm-hmm. So it's happening already mm-hmm. in, in, in some places. And... Um, it's also about uh, communicating and also c- consumer campaigns. And it's also about making use of different kinds of media, for example, how to connect with different groups and people in the society as well. So you have to be quite innovative as well to, to reach out mm. and also to get your message true mm. as well. Yeah. And also from people to people, that's the best thing as well, to, to be in touch and share a meal. Yeah. And throughout that, you have to have the experience also and also the taste of, for example, yeah. Finnish food and then to just to try out mm-hmm. so, what can be used. Mm. Um, 
my, my well, my next question you 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 kind of uh, mentioned uh, it uh, before, but I want to just one more specifically talk about this aspect. Now, food is political, and mm-hmm. so are our everyday actions around food. Would, would you agree with this? First of all. That are this political absolutely yeah. absolutely it, it's yeah. all about uh, it has to be on the political agenda as well if you want to make some changes in the system in the society mm-hmm. and we for now for example when it comes to we are talking about food systems it's not about food change we are talking about food systems and we are also seeing the change both in a system level but as well in an in a in individual level as well mm-hmm. and everyone's everyone counts in this yeah. as well so you are you are both making decisions for your own sake but at the same time it has an impact on the system level as well yeah and of course as you said uh, then the all the 10 points of the manifesto and uh, all of it combined together is is yes we can call maybe uh, well quite political uh, with the choices and everything um it was made in in some cases, it's political, but it's made throughout more soft policies, for example, as well. I see that um, Nuremberg Food Program uh, was uh, com- is a common statement and a common action between the Nordic governments as well, just to highlight the Nordic solutions within food system, food culture in the Nordics, and also as uh, building the Nordic um, the brand of the Nordic food culture yeah, in a global aspect. And it has been supported since 2005, both in a Nordic and national level, and also throughout different programs, strategies, initiatives, projects, yeah. both in the Nordic regions and also in in the world, yeah. rest of the world. And in recent years, you can say that the Nordic governments are with some expect, uh, expect, uh, expect yeah, reluctant to use yeah. hard policy interventions such as taxation and regulation in tackling complex problems related to food consumptions, for example. So rather solutions sought in softer policies through cooperation with food production, food industry and civil society organization and more holistic approaches as well. Yeah. You, uh, for example, uh, children's health might be targeted by providing food with improved nutritional value uh, developing a holistic vision for school meals, uh, providing food education for parents, and including information about healthy food choices in physical education. Mm. All of which then combine to establish a strong basis for kids to make sustainable, healthy choices. So this is just one example of how we, when it comes to food policies, see it in the Nordic countries and by the Nordic governments. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's political, but it's made more throughout soft policies yeah. than throughout the hard ones. Okay. So this is, I think that this is also a very valuable point to make mm-hmm. when it comes to why we are so uh, in top of the ranking of sustainable development and, and we are pioneers when it comes also to, to transform our food systems, for example, as part of this sustainable development in our countries. Now we are in a good time, so I want to continue with the uh, a bit bigger picture of this um, whole topic of food, uh, which is food system in general and also in in, in Finland. Um, now the, the next question is so big that it would we could just talk about this for 
few episodes with each of my guests, but um, just very, very briefly, uh, what are, do you think, the most, uh, the biggest problems uh, or most pressing issues in the global food system right now? Yes, to the questions. Uh, the biggest challenge or problems of today is uh, it's very unjust um, uh, when it comes to resources uh, of different kind. Mm -hmm. And we are also tackling very big issues when it comes to, uh, for example, climate change or malnutrition and so on. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the world is very different in different parts of the world, and we have also a different uh, kind of um, political systems and so on. So there is a quite a challenge to bring everyone to the same table to have discussions and a good dialogue. And now we have the major efforts. For example, the UN Sustainable Development Goals in 2030 is is, is the red line. Yeah. throughout which we try to come together and also to make solutions and share experiences and to inspire each other mm -hmm. to to make uh, to make more sustainable future for our children and youngsters of today so we we need a lot of research and also action when it comes to think about the food as food systems of this system level and also as a mission Mm -hmm. mission based as well and uh, here I see that we have a very good collaboration between the Nordic countries and governments mm -hmm. to reach this uh, aim mm -hmm. as well and uh, we also see that we have a possibility to to reach out for and offer a solutions menu for the global food system and it challenges it faces as well in tackling these global challenges concerning both production and consume consumption as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah so mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a very large question but i see uh, i'm quite positive when it comes to this and and following this um political decision making very closely as well throughout <laughs> almost two decades so mm -hmm. um Though the the world is moving and we are moving and uh, the Nordic countries and Finland are in in top of this movement, mm -hmm. I see it like that. Now, um, my my next question. Well, you actually uh, sort of an, already with this uh, this answer you had um, touched it, but I want to still ask you one more time. Uh, now, one thing. Uh, that is happening in tackling or discussing big issues, which we call, you know, these wicked problems uh, that, that are called, uh, such as climate change, um, is understanding that none of these issues are isolated. And okay. um, for instance, uh, today we talk about climate change, not just as an environmental problem, but also a problem of uh, gender, race, class inequality, economics. I mean, <laughs> capitalism is being highly criticized um, and so on. And we are also not only talking about, you know, sustainability, the transition in general in 
in bold fonts, but we are talking about just transition as well. So uh, how do you see the food system related issues in this way? How should it be considered and tackled in relation to other issues and maybe other systems? Um, As I mentioned before, so we need an uh, and do take a system and mission oriented uh, thinking when it comes to sustainable and healthy food systems. Mm-hmm. And uh, how just is the transition for environmentally sustainable healthy food systems is the key question. And why does it matter? Yeah. Uh, I see it as a question about, and also the resources as, as a question about legitimacy, uh, sustainable development, and also to protect what we value and acceptability and implementation as well. Mm-hmm. And there is some great research going on in this matter, both here in Finland and Nordics and overall. So here we have the global research to come together as well with the practitioners and stakeholders in the food systems. Um, a just transition in food systems is defined, for example, as making the transition towards climate smart and healthy food systems in a way that distributes transition costs and opportunities fairly and leaving nobody behind. Mm. So it's all about how we are um, tackling the question of resources mm. and their distribution as well. So the content on the plate matters in the end, and this all requires research around the culture, retail, trade, uh, interaction between different stakeholders, regulation, the steering power of policymakers. And also, in addition, we also need uh, research and practice uh, about topics as new food production methods, uh, possibilities in soil and land use, the circulation of nutrition and social questions of food systems, for example, in uh, exchange of consumption habits, uh, food shortage, uh, effect of income and scarcity on healthy eating. And um, in the Nordics, for example, we have a very strong public innovation systems playing a role in the changing sustainability in food systems. And now we have also, for example, when it comes to recommendations and policy guidelines, we have, for example, the Nordic Nutrition Recommendations uh, the sixth edition is seeing uh, daylight next year, and now it puts sustainability on the agenda as well. Yeah. Just promoting a more sustainable diet mm-hmm. uh, and trying to reach out to this tra- just transformation of society. Yeah. Just to reach out also to every group mm-hmm. throughout babies, early people as well. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is uh, a topic that we discussed this food uh, with with uh, one of my guests, Thea Cortet Maki from University. Yes, of we know each other very well. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think we did this episode in May, uh, if I remember correctly, and it was yes. about the relationship between food justice and climate change mitigation. Um, yes. So this is uh, it's very clear that how uh, food. Food system is uh, affecting the climate change, and you know, I mean, they are both affecting each other, and also how this is related to um, specifically food justice um, as well. Um, now, my next question is something that I ask, um, like as much as I can, uh, to all my um, uh, guests. Um, so I want to now hear your uh, perspective. Do you think right now Finland is food secure? Yes, I do. 
Okay. And also the statistics are showing it. Mm-hmm. For okay. example, when it comes, when we are talking about global food security, we have something in use that is called Global Food Security Index, and it's based on 59 unique indicators that it measures, for example, state of food affordability, availability, quality, safety, and natural resources and resilience in 130 countries. Mm-hmm. And Finland was named a top country for food security in 2020, 2020 uh, ahead of Ireland and Netherlands. So we are top ranking when it comes to food security. Mm-hmm. And uh, one small comment to this one is, for example, that, uh, for example, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Finland uh, stated this year that Finland should uh, distinguish itself in food security diplomacy. So <laughs> this is just how we see ourselves when it comes to food security in Finland. That's, that's I'm going to say, um, honestly say, that's very interesting because you're the first person who answered to this question. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, because um, all my with all my other guests, um, the question was, I mean, without any, uh, any um, uh, exception, it was always no. <laughs> Uh, so this I, is interesting to hear. Thank you. I I think I think also that you can see it from different angles. For example, I'm also very aware about also our, for example, the balance between export and import of products when it comes yeah. to food, for example, and and also the self sufficiency when it comes to Finland. How how can we manage, for example, if in case of crisis, for example? Yeah, these are so things that we always uh, talk about. Yes. Yes, but when it but it when it comes to food security in itself, I see it. Then it's yes, Finland is food secure, and I'm also relying very, very much on our audition systems and so on, and food labeling, and also the productions methods, both illogical and conventional as well. And and I see that the farmers are also the solution for more sustainable food production and and system overall. Mm-hmm today and in the future as well i see very positive okay matter okay this was a, this was it's, it's interesting to have a, a whole different view after this interview <laughs> so, so um i'll definitely think more about that i mean your your uh, what you brought to this question specifically yes um now the next question is something that is very important for me because it's something that i'm personally interested in uh researching And this is um, how the food system marginalizes some communities or, uh, and, and, you know, who are these communities and um, what kind of patterns uh, are there in marginalization, etc. Uh, to give one example from my point of view, uh, the, the food charity lines um, in, in Finland, at least, for example, in Helsinki, which is like two streets down from my place, um, Um, I mean, in, in a country like Finland, which is a rich Nordic welfare country, it's increasing all the time, uh, especially since last year, uh, as everybody's affected um, somehow financially uh, from the pandemic. Uh, what is your view on this topic of marginalization by the food system? And if you agree that uh, there are there is marginalization, then who are these communities in your opinion in in finland and how does the going back to our first uh, main topic 
how does the manifesto help with that marginalization? Thank you for, for a very interesting question. Um, I would like to step back and uh, looking at uh, throughout uh, some megatrends that we see influencing the Nordic Baltic food systems for now and in the future. And uh, in these megatrends that we have uh, a knowledge, uh, we have, for example, that technolo technology and new innovation will penetrate all, all areas of life. And we also see in food systems that it will redesign with new set of goals, for example, now in with sustainability and also digitalization will open up new horizons. Um, and it will, these all things, for example, the mentioned tree will then see that the society will become more increasingly polarized. So I see that it's something that is happening all around our Nordic countries and in Finland also. Uh, it's also about the access to knowledge, to to different uh, services and so on. At the same time, we take very good care of those who are not uh, able to work, for example, in, not in the work life, for example. Or we are, But we are at the same time seeing also poverty when uh, low-income families, uh, especially with children, with children, for example, that are not managing with the salary they get. And we also see it today uh, when it comes, for example, to these uh, food cues that you mentioned, that there are some, some effects from the earlier economic depression that we had in the 90s, early 90s, for example, that some of the people haven't made it back uh, where they were then, that uh, many got lost their jobs. And we also see that there are some third or second second or third generation that uh, are being unemployed and within the social services as well in in some parts and some groups in in the Finnish society uh, so to get back to the question i see that we need to work together and see how we can reach out and i would like to reach out furtherly mostly to those who are not able to are not seeing each other each seeing their self as part of the Finnish society mm. and have not been part of it uh, for example if they're unemployed they have some other issues social mental health issues for examples when it comes to family we can reach out throughout the children for example in within school in spare time hobbies and so on we can uh, work together uh, throughout. And here I also see that the um, organizations and civil society have a very big role to play. And we have also used food and redistribution, for example, when it comes to, to food and food products from the retail business has been then redistributed to families in need and people in need as well. So it's also about the collaboration within the municipalities and the private sector mm -hmm. and different kind of partnerships and innovation that we see that raises throughout this marginalization and polarization in, in the society as well. Yeah. But I, but I think that we are tackling it and, and we have to make noise about it. Mm -hmm. And then to just to see how we can reach out and connect to different kind of groups within the marginalization marginalization as well mm -hmm. uh, and to be aware of it that yeah. there are different kind of people mm -hmm. 
uh, that needs our support. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, well, the most important very first step is to to acknowledging to acknowledge the uh, existence yes. of the that marginalization and then to find out because there are different ways of um, different ways as I see and I also talked about this uh, marginalization topic with some of my guests that yes. there are we are seeing that there are different kinds of marginalization like I mean like like this food yes. uh, charity lines but also um, in different parts of I mean in Helsinki or in big cities it's completely different uh, thing food is but if you go some deeper into some rural communities which are getting increasingly um, well uh, fewer and fewer people living and becoming some of my guests for example talked about how these places are maybe becoming some kind of a food deserts uh, is it possible um, to to enrich again the services and everything um, this is another way of maybe marginalization Yes, it is. And, and I see that the uh, communication and education and dialogue between different uh, both the public and private actors and also the people uh, need, is needed. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah. and also, we have also here in Finland, for example, we have also the Finnish church together with the social services uh, in the municipalities are working together. Mm -hmm. and also making great impact. So we are like seeing that what can we do, for example, with the food waste issue in retail, uh, for example, and so on to to make new forms of collaborations and that then benefits both mar marginalized groups, but also other parts of yeah. the society. And also, for example, when it comes now to, we also see that school meals is also about uh, equality among children and youngsters and also in the kindergarten the, the warm meal that it's um, served is so important for a lot of families for example in Finland and this is something that we also saw during the pandemic when the schools were closed it was very important to reorganize how can we serve the food meal to every ch child and youngster yeah. Because we know that it would otherwise enhance the marginalization and also the, uh, because in a lot of families, we don't afford, have a, can afford to have a warm meal yeah. each day. Yeah. So, so on, on it is. And it's also about uh, educating uh, also and food education among uh, children and youngsters. See, that's also as a key. Mm -hmm. and 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 learning how to cook and how to about the food system agriculture and produce and and so on so it's also about the food education then to give some valuable tools and also the possibility to make good choices in the future mm. for its, your own well-being as well yeah i i personally see this um the <clears throat> finnish uh, school meals and really important uh, initiative for for all kinds of reasons uh, including you know yes. nutrition for kids but also the equality part that you mentioned yeah that, it um, is um, and also of course um, i mean of course for some uh, children from coming some other some 
more unfortunate uh, economically families to be able to reach this food is is really crucial. Um, but well, luckily we won't have another uh, new pandemic that will force us even to bigger lockdowns, and we won't be able to. We won't have to, you know, stop doing these things <laughs> again. Um, but um, well. I think these are all my uh, questions. Um, do you have any uh, comments? And um, please, um, is there a question that uh, you would like to ask uh, our listeners to think further or to discuss um, further in the comments um, after listening to this episode? Thank you for asking. Um, I would like to know and also, everyone can just reflect on how can you contribute uh, in creation of a constructive dialogue about sustainable and healthy food systems mm-hmm. in Finland or in the Nordics. Mm-hmm. So what's your contribution yeah. to make a more constructive dialogue and also the possibility then to yeah. have new collaborations? Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I really like to hear the answer to this question, especially for from just you know people who are not necessarily working with food issues, uh, to see how the civil society is acting on not just as because I I hate to see, um, you know society society you know the people who are not working with food just as consumers, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see how we can see them as active players in the food system, uh, because it's something that we all have to share in the end, uh, food. Um, but thanks for this interview. And um, um, I really enjoyed, hope you did too. And uh, we're going to, I mean, I'm going to uh, continue uh, following uh especially you know new nordic program new nordic food program and uh, also there were quite interesting uh, articles in the about new nordic food manifesto yes it is um, which i read i read a few of them uh, while studying for this interview but uh, i want to go back and read other others and they are and it's the, in, the most interesting thing about it is that it's not just uh, of course finland but it's showing all the uh, the situation in all the new, uh, Nordic uh, countries. So it's, it's interesting yes. also to learn about uh, what's going on in our region, <laughs> not just um, the country. So um, thanks again. And uh, I hope we can uh, discuss uh, again another time about uh, all these issues and more. Thank you so much. And I, I just want to press that um, the food is the key to sustainability. I truly believe it. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, and uh, it can be the solution of all, all the problems or it can be the, you know, uh, make even problems even worse. So <laughs> it's an interesting thing to think about. Okay. Yes, it is. Thanks a lot. And thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about the blog behind this podcast, check out www.mydearkitchenandhelsinki.com and find it also on Instagram and Facebook. Have a delicious week!